expectations are resentments waiting to happen. That's a quote from The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Crone and Susan Stabile. Hi, I'm Matt Timms, and this is Commonplace.pod, a podcast exploring quotes worth holding on to. Well, welcome back to commonplace.pod. That's a significant thing to say. People thought we'd never reach episode two. And by people, I mean basically myself. But here we are recording another episode. Hey, shout outs at the top top of the episode. Shout out to my friend Sam Gutierrez, who actually listened to episode one and has been bugging me to record another episode. So here it is, looking and reflecting on expectations as resentments waiting to happen. Well, this part of the episode is always some reflection on what I like and some other thoughts that might have come out of the quote. Uh, As a kid, I always struggled with expectations. I have distinct memories of growing up and my mom telling me before going to a birthday party or something that I was kind of excited about. She would always say, now, Matthew, you need to lower your expectations. The reason being, I would go, I would have such high expectations that even if... Uh, the birthday party had fairy bread. Oh, quick sidebar. Fairy bread is uh, an Australian party dish item. It is basically Wonder Bread, the worst kind of white bread for you. Uh, butter or margarine and then sprinkles, rainbow sprinkles on top. If you have not had that, pause the, pause the episode, go to your kitchen or go to the supermarket if necessary. Purchase some of this. Make yourself some fairy bread. That is your episode two eating delight. So go do that. Anyway, even if the party had fairy bread, had all the things you would want and hope for, I would still be disappointed. So I always had in my mind, you know, I need to lower my expectations. And so there's some resonance when I read that expectations are resentments waiting to happen. But the other reason I I really was drawn to this quote is I think it reminds us, reminds me anyway, how easily our internal world becomes projected on the world around us. So in other words, the things that we think people think, so the things that we think people think become what we think is actually going on. And that's just not necessarily the case, right? So we bring expectations to an interaction. When those expectations are met or not met, we think the other person is fully cognizant of our expectations. So as I was thinking about this quote, you can maybe hear the clock chiming in the background there. Um, But as I was thinking about this quote, the question I had is, okay, what do you do? Uh, Do you try to live a life with zero expectations? Um, How do do we think about expectations and hope? People won't typically say you should live a hopeless life. Uh, And I struggle. I don't think I could live without expectations. I'm a relatively structured person. Uh, Plans are, in some sense, expectations. They are, at the very least, dictating what you're doing. Uh, So do you just live then with lower expectations? I'm not entirely convinced that that is the way to go. There there might be kind of a couple ways that I've been thinking about expectations in light of this quote. So again, expectations being resentments waiting to happen. I think uh, Crone and Stabile there are specifically talking about relational expectations, which is really, I think, uh, maybe a fair place where we need to not necessarily lower our expectations, but we need to have open communication right? So Rachel and I, for example, 
we're just watching uh, The Good Wife, which if you've never seen the show, it's kind of an engaging show. We're on we're on season two. So yeah, we're only about nine years behind uh, where things are. But uh, there's a major plot point slash pain point in this season that could be alleviated just by someone having some open communication. I don't know if you've noticed this. It seems like a lot, everything from uh, soap operas to dramatic television if there was open communication, a lot of it could be alleviated. And a lot of the dramatic tension that is built then is actually built around the anticipated resentments that are going to happen when expectations are not met uh, or are met poorly. So when you think about maybe how we engage with others, um, the key is not to not have expectations, I don't think, but to openly communicate them, which is way more easily said than done. I recognize that because I'm still learning and it's not something I'm good at. But I think um, it's really, if we were to go back to the quote, perhaps unspoken expectations are resentments waiting to happen. And then when it comes in terms of like events or experience expectations, I'm inclined to just say, go for having high expectations. Um, If I think about when you're with someone and they're just pumped for something, there's few things as kind of engaging or as enriching as the the excitement of a person who is just totally into something. Uh, it makes the whole the experience for everyone, I think, uh, so much richer. I mean, of course, if you're kind of bringing high expectations to everything and you're being serially disappointed, you know, adjust, iterate, uh, maybe lower your expectations in general. Um, And I think one of the key things that I take from this quote that it reminds me is, you know, only maintain high expectations of events or experiences insofar as they're not projecting unfairly onto others. So for example, if you're going to a party and you're sort of expecting someone to be sort of the host with the most, uh, that might be an unfair expectation of what they are either capable of or desire or their expectations for the party. So uh, let's be cautious, right? Loving our neighbor is allowing them the space to uh, both communicate and share their own expectations and craft experiences that so much of our relational life is about crafting experiences for one another. But if we do that openly, I think it maybe goes a long way. And on the whole experience, I have to give Brian Elaine a shout out here. Brian Elaine is a blogger. He does all kinds of things. Uh, This might be a favorite in a future episode, but he's currently doing the Lifestocks podcast, which there's few podcasts I listen to in which I feel so much resonance as the Lifestocks podcast. Uh, But Brian came up years ago with the Knarf scale, spelled K-A-N-A-R-F. And I've been sharing this lately with people around me, and I've been using it because what it is, it's basically a scale, negative 10 to positive 10, that's based on expectations. So I'll put a link to the blog post explaining the Knarf scale. But basically, if something is a zero, if an experience or a film or whatever the case might be is a zero, that means it exactly met your expectations. Anything that is positive Knarfs, exceeded your expectations to varying degrees and anything that's negative canars was lower than your expectations which is a really helpful way to evaluate things right when you think about how important expectations are to our experiences of a thing like really when you ask someone was a movie good you're asking really for a sense of their taste but if you're asking hey how did this match to what you're expecting now you you actually maybe get more helpful information so the canarf scale 
So that quote, again, I've been talking about expectations for way too long now, but it's preaching to myself here, reminders of what expectations, the value of communicating them, the value um, of not having so many unspoken expectations, and then also just being willing to be excited for things is another piece of this. But that quote was, expectations are resentments waiting to happen. That's again from The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Crone and Susan Stabile. Like with every episode, here is a favorite. And a big-time favorite of mine right now is San Antonio Spurs basketball. As I record this, the NBA season is in full swing. And if we're talking about expectations and being pumped for things, well, we're in the midst of it. So my expectations preseason were maybe higher. They had to be tempered a little bit. But I just love basketball. I love watching it. It's a story for another podcast, how I came to be a San Antonio Spurs fan. It's a story of championships and Patty Mills and an overpaid superstar on another team. But uh, suffice it to say that the the way the team plays, the coaching of Greg Popovich, it's just, so they're an easy team to love. They're an easy team to enjoy. But so I'm enjoying watching Spurs basketball, seeing this team come together. And then I'm going to allow myself to do a sub favorite. Uh, so sort of a favorite B, like 0.1 B or something like that. NBA League Pass. Rachel and I uh, get team pass. So we're able to watch most, if not all of the Spurs games. So last year at last season, I think we probably watched about 70 of 82 games. It's kind of an amazing service where I don't have to have cable. I can watch replays of games. The ads get stripped out. So shout out to the NBA for actually, um, not the cheapest, but a pretty decent fan experience, uh, on the platform. A sub-sub favorite, I mentioned that Rachel and I get this. That's because Rachel's also a Spurs fan, and that's really a favorite thing, too, that this is something uh, that we got to do together. So to be clear, she was not a Spurs fan. That's not why I felt fell in love with her. But at one point, she decided, if he's going to watch a lot of basketball, I'm going to try this out and go all in. So in terms of um, my expectations of Rachel's sports fandom uh, when we were dating, this is a positive seven canarfs. It has way exceeded my expectations of what we would be doing together. I come home sometimes and she'll be like, have you heard the, have you heard the uh, injury report? Have you heard the news? And so now actually I get my news probably more often from Rachel, my wife, than I do from Twitter. So that's a favorite NBA, uh, but really Spurs basketball. We're going in March to San Antonio for the first time, which I'm really excited about to see to see a game. Really, that's the reason we're going to San Antonio. Although I hear the town itself uh, is pretty fun in itself. So, you know, maybe that will be a future favorite. I'll, I'll report back on how that goes. Well, friends, this has been episode two of commonplace.pod. If you like what you hear, leave five stars wherever you can, whatever platform. If you just want to kind of paste five, put find five star stickers and put them on your wall just as a reminder to listen to the podcast do that and if you want to leave feedback you can find me on twitter at matt tims that's m-a-double-t then t-i-double-m-s or even better you can download the anchor app and this episode is probably sponsored by anchor but really if you find commonplace.pod you can leave me a voice message then and if you leave a quote you love or a favorite who knows it might even be featured in the show i would love to hear kind of what your thoughts are about expectations 
Uh, don't give me a Knarf scale for this episode because that, that might actually hurt a little bit or it might be encouraging. So maybe only encouraging uh, Knarf ratings of this episode. But how do you live with expectations? It's something I'm kind of always wrestling with, um, both relationally and then in terms of experiences. I'd be curious to hear from you. So let me know. And until next time.